welcome to the podcast where you can find weekly podcast episodes to talk about health, wellness, and balancing life during the pandemic. Finals are just around the corner, so today we are talking about study tips and tricks to help you finish the semester strong. I am Ramon Perez, and I'm a fourth-year psychology major here at Fresno State. And I am Royce Perkins, and I'm a senior and a health science major. Ramon and I are both volunteers in the Peer Ambassadors of Wellness program, and we're going to be your hosts this week. I'm really excited to welcome our guest to the podcast, William Hardaway. Now, William, this isn't your first time on the podcast. We actually talked with you last year about virtual learning for our debut podcast. You were able to share a lot of helpful information with us, and I'm looking forward to seeing what tips and tricks you have in, in store for us this time. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what you do at Fresno State? Uh, Ramon and Royce, uh, first of all, thank you both for having me. I coordinate a, uh, the tutoring program for the Learning Center here on campus. And uh, essentially that means that I hire, train, and develop a, a group of peer tutors to support students uh, through their coursework. And I also do a lot of fun research on learning, uh, memory, and creative problem solving. As we were preparing for today's episode, you shared something really powerful. You talked about this tendency for students to go for the grade and forget to learn in the process. I'll admit that I personally get caught up in this mentality from time to time, especially when I feel overburdened or I go into crunch mode. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about this and why you feel it's important for students to create a learning philosophy and to stick to it? You know, I think one of one of the biggest challenges we have as human beings is that we have a set of values. And if I were to interview you for uh, a job on a random day and I was and I was to ask you about your study habits, about your learning, you're going to go to those values. So they're very, you know, foundational for you. And it's kind of your purpose and your why. But we do lose sight of that when stress increases, when exhaustion increases. And, you know, that those are just factors that we're always going to have in life. And so most times when I connect with students, they haven't actually written out their why, their purpose for learning, their purpose for attending college and all that. And for me, for my purpose, I journal a lot. So I rewrite it often and it kind of helps me reconnect and recenter. Uh, to make sure that I'm making the proper sacrifices, because it's not as simple as having a learning philosophy. You're going to fail at meeting that all the time. But you can always, if you write it down and you rewrite it, you can recenter and maybe send an email to to a professor that you haven't connected with at all this semester and say, hey, look, these are my goals for the course. I, I didn't communicate those before. I'm trying to get the most out of this. Do you have any advice from this point on uh, in the semester? You can do a, a lot of things to kind of re recenter, uh, but I do think that learning philosophy is very important for students to do. I, I definitely agree. That's important to uh, remember why we go into learning and what our purpose is, and just to help re-motivate us just to think about that every now and then. So getting started tends to be the hardest part of preparing for finals. What suggestions do you have for our listeners to prioritize what they need to do and to take that first step? I honestly think the first step is uh, similar to the beginning of the semester. In the beginning of the semester, I think we all have those moments where we're like, all right, I got a new planner. I got a new system. I got a new plan. I got a new approach. I feel fresh. I'm going to get the most out of the semester. And then by week three, four, it's, we're back in the same kind of routine of like, oh, I, don't, I don't really want to look at that assignment. I don't know what's coming up. Um, and that that kind of fear of the unknown 
is what can cripple us, what can put us in the procrastination mode, what can um, kind of diminish our focus, because it's like getting the envelope in the mail and you know it's a you know it's an electric bill or getting an email, you know it's an electric bill, you know it's gonna be for some amount of money, you can't be sure exactly where it's gonna fall in the range, if it's gonna be high, if it's gonna be low, you might be budgeting that month and it's kind of like you wait until the last possible minute to open up that electric bill. And so my advice right now at this point in the semester reaching the end is to put all the mail on the table or put all the syllabi on the table and unpack and open up and see what you got going on, map it out. And not only map it out, but I would say block off an hour, hour and a half, put like a a Netflix show that you always watch in the background, uh, Fresh Prince, Gilmore Girls, I don't know what your like comfort show is. Put that on in the background, lay out all your uh, syllabi, looking at your deadlines, and then actually go into the prompts and assignments and read them. And that's all you have to do. You don't have to do uh, much else aside from that, but read all the assignments to raise your awareness in your mind so that you can subconsciously start to think about and plan. And it increases motivation. It increases um, productivity because you know what's ahead of you as opposed to not wanting to feel that stress up front. And so you kind of pack it all uh, behind, not thinking about it, but subconsciously it's just wearing on your body. Thank you for that, William. I also have to agree that I find it very helpful and it's a very um, great strategy to organize everything beforehand. Um, that way you're, you know what you need to complete and in what fashion. Personally, I find that I'm most productive early in the day as I'm more aware and more motivated to complete my tasks. That's something that I very much um, enjoy doing, especially uh, whenever I have a big day to come. I like planning it out and preparing beforehand. So why is it important to factor this into your study routine? Focus is interesting because we do have our our moments of focus, our our peak during the day where we have the most energy. Mine is the morning. I know some folks that are night owls and can stay up till two, three in the morning, and that's when they're most productive. I cannot do that. Um, but it's important to to recognize what your time of the day is, and the reason why it's important is because we have an exhaustion level with our mental uh, capacity. And once we reach that exhaustion level, we make poor decisions and we have poor resilience. So once we get exhausted for the day, our resilience kind of just goes out the window and you really quit on things a lot sooner than you probably should. And there's a very uh, famous study <laughs> using cookies and radishes that kind of covers this where they uh, sit a bowl of fresh baked cookies in front of participants and if all they had to do was kind of a task and the cookies were the reward, they did well, uh, better than the experimental group, which had to kind of resist cookies and only eat radishes. And so I think that, um, you know, it's, it's just science and chemistry that we are going to get fatigued in biology, that we're going to get fatigued during the course of the day, because we're thinking about stress, we're thinking about other factors. So identifying a point in the day where you have the most energy is important. Um, so if you're a midday person or a night person, I would try to avoid procrastinating where you have to start something early in the morning. Uh, I would do it the day before. That way you don't uh, reach your exhaustion point for that day. Thank you for the advice, William. 
what's a good rule of thumb when it comes to how long to study in a single sitting before taking a break or switching subjects? This is also uh, up for interpretation based on your kind of biorhythms and uh, habits. But generally, they say 25 minutes. And uh, there's a Pomodoro technique, and it doesn't have to be 25 minutes. You can set these ranges wherever you want. But essentially, you do one Pomodoro. And so if mine is 25 minutes, I do something for 25 minutes, then I have a short break. And a short break, I also determine. So my, my particular short break is 10 minutes. So 10 minutes, I take a walk outside. I go get a snack. Uh, I watch a quick YouTube video to catch up on news or something. And then I go back into a 25-minute session. And then after that 25-minute session, I have a long break. A uh, long break for me is 15 minutes. So I can do a little bit more, get a little bit more relaxation going on. Even uh, if you have to cram, and I'm I'm just going to be honest because we know that this is just bound to happen for some of us during the next few weeks. Even if you have to cram and you have five hours to allocate and you have to have these five hours in the one day, do it the Pomodoro way and do four hours instead of the five and you'll be a lot better off. You'll retain a lot more. You'll learn a lot more. Um, that's worst case scenario, but, um, you know, uh, those, uh, focus sprints, uh, and that Pomodoro technique are very important. Uh, speaking of taking those, uh, short breaks, uh, why is it important to take those breaks when you study and, uh, what are some other good activities that you can do? Like, like you mentioned walking, uh, during those breaks. You know, the brain is a, is, uh, an organ, it's a muscle, you need recovery. So when you're kind of building memory capacity, it's, it's your short term is very finite. You can only contain a few things in there at one time. And so if you're reading a book cover to cover, just straight, no break, no notes in between, your brain is taking in a bunch of information, spitting a bunch of information out. Like if it can't make an instant connection to something, it's going to spit it out. It's like, okay, they're reading this. What, like, this doesn't make sense. What am I supposed to do with this? Okay. I'm not getting any confirmation, any signal here. So I'm, I'm, that's out. I don't need that. When you take the break, you, you can tap into your long-term memory to make those connections to apply to short-term uh, things that you just got. That's why it's super important to take breaks in between studying. When you reach that level where you feel tired and you push through it and you get a like a, another hour out of it or another few minutes out of it, another few pages out of it, you're going to dump most of that information. But if you take a break when you reach that point and you set a timer for the break, that's key. You got to set a timer for the break because you can get caught up doing stuff and then you come back to it. Um, you'll retain a lot more information. Uh, I've heard that if your study environment mirrors the environment that you take a test in, it will actually help you perform better on exam. Uh, could you share a few ways that we can uh, leverage our environment to set ourselves up for success? I actually uh, talked to a lot of students preparing for the, the MCATs, the GREs, uh, the GMAT, the CPA exams, like all those kind of exams that you do at the uh, close of 
college. And um, the environment is very important. The, the testing situation is very important. The analogy I always give is, would you practice basketball with a golf ball? And uh, essentially, if you're not putting yourself in testing situations, uh, and that goes for the mental retrieval it takes, uh, not having references to like, is it a computer-based test? Is it a paper-based test? If you're not putting yourself in those situations, you're like you're practicing for uh, the wrong game. So if you were practicing basketball with a golf ball and then you got on the basketball court on game day, you wouldn't know how to dribble. You wouldn't know how to pass. You like you wouldn't know what to do. And so it is important to put yourself in testing situations. Uh, I guess the tips I would give for that is to I like I'm I'm big on time boxing things, and time boxing just means set a timer. Like I got. My Alexa goes off every hour for something that I time box. My phone timer is constantly on. I got timers on my computer. Making sure, because all you got to do is simulate the testing situation. You don't have to follow all the way through with it. So like if your test is going to be like for MCAT students, the the actual test is going to be like eight hours. I wouldn't have you do eight hour sessions in preparation for that test. Like I wouldn't have you do like 48 hour sessions, but I would say, set a timer for two hours, do problems. Don't reference anything. Don't worry about what you miss. You can't worry about what you miss on an actual exam. And so I think what students do is if they do have a practice test and their professor gives it to them, they start it and then they have a block. So then they start to reference things. Just go through, push through the blocks, just actually take the uh, test um, and then uh, see how you did afterwards. Thank you, William. Can we talk about open book tests for a minute? I think this sounds like a dream come true in terms of having the answers at your fingertips during a test for a lot of people, but I can also see where maybe that might backfire as well. How do you recommend that students approach open book tests? I will tell you about a student in 2009 that had the world figured out, was an extremely bright student, took their first online course in anthropology. And basically, all the, it was an asynchronous class. So this student studied, did all the assignments, did all the work, read. And because the test was going to be online, okay, I don't need to review. I already got everything. It's open book. Should be no problem. I didn't, and this is me, by the way. I didn't map out any of the pages for where things were. I didn't know... So when the timer came on, not only was it shocking that, oh, wait, this is timed. I was like, okay, I'm good, though. Reading through the questions, I'm like, where was that? Looking in my notes, looking in the book, and it was just a nightmare. So uh, there's that aspect of it. You need to know the information well enough to where you don't even need to use the book. It'll make for a much better testing experience. You rifling through a book, you rifling through your notes can be very detrimental especially in courses where there's a, a modicum of intuition needed. For that particular course, there was a little bit of intuition needed because it wasn't just the definition, it was your interpretation of the definition. So if I had a hard time finding the definition, I'm stressed out about that. Once I find it, I'm like, oh, well, what do I want to say? I'm already thinking about the next question because I, I'm losing time. And so um, I would suggest that you study for it as if you're not going to have it and then just use it in, in those questions that are like a worst case scenario. I know that's tough to swallow, but 
Um, you'll it'll help you with your long term learning as well, because if you're constantly referencing things, you're probably going to not have the long term memory. One thing the tutors are worried about right now in the learning center is um, if students for some of the asynchronous classes are not coming in as much as they used to. They're worried that when they get into the B course next semester and maybe the grading policies change, maybe the course structure has changed, that they're going to have to go back and relearn all that foundational material. Awesome. Thank you, William. I also have to agree because I've also been in the same boat where I wasn't fully prepared to take an online test with all the material in front of me. And so um, I think I'm, I'll am i be much more prepared in the future now. What are some of the out-of-the-box tips or tricks that you'd like to share with our students to help them prepare for their finals? Some of the things that we already talked about, Pomodoro and the spacing effect is uh, probably one of the most effective things you can do. Also, retrieval practice. So that includes things like flashcards. It includes things like rewriting notes from scratch without reference. Um, it includes things like um, taking online quizzes, like if uh, like Quizlet, which is a virtual flashcard system. They also have it where you can do matching games. You can do online quizzes. If you haven't taken good notes up to this point, you can't make your own flashcards. Quizlet does have a library of flashcards that other folks have posted. Be careful with those because some institutions handle course material a little bit differently. If you're looking for uh, past exams uh, from like for general courses, like if you're taking some lower division stuff, you can use the site, um, the operator site colon dot edu in Google. So you type out that site colon dot edu. Then you search any term after that. Like you can uh, search site colon dot edu. A general accounting exam or a general chemistry exam. And there's going to be uh, professors from across the nation that have posted exams with the answer key. And so what you can do there is you can test yourself. If your professor haven't, hasn't given you a practice test, if your professor is giving you a practice test, take it like an actual practice test. Um, if you have big writing assignments, I wouldn't hold off on doing those. Um, what I would do is I would uh, spend some time look at the prompt, maybe write an introduction one weekend, maybe the next weekend uh, leading up to finals week, uh, outline the body, um, maybe the next weekend, write a few of the first paragraphs, uh, but space it out and get it done before you have to study for exams or at least most of the way done because uh, those uh, papers are what usually takes up a large amount of time from you studying for other classes. Uh, so before we wrap up our conversations, can you remind our listeners about some of the amazing resources available at the Learning Center to support students' academic success, especially during finals? I'm glad you asked about this, Royce. So I'm, I'm going to preface this before I give the resources. The folks on campus that are here to support you, like I, I was talking to students about this uh, the other week. If I have a dentist appointment or if I have an eye doctor appointment, and even a medical appointment sometimes, and, I, and I, I have to miss it, I have to cancel it, something like that. I feel a little like embarrassed about the rescheduling, especially if I kind of put it off. Like I, I was going in and see my eye doctor, I really needed new glasses, but I hadn't seen her for like a year and a half. And I felt really embarrassed about like, oh, she's going to ask me how long have I not had my glasses that I lost and, you know. So the folks on campus that are here to help you, you may feel that way. Like if you were supposed to meet with an advisor, if you were supposed to 
you wanted to go into tutoring, but you never did. You wanted to go to SI sessions, supplemental instruction sessions, but you never did. But the SI leader or the tutor or the advisor is not thinking that way at all. We just want you to come in. So I'll, I'll, I'll preface that first, but um, some things you can look into if you need, if you want to review and be aware of how exams are going to be, connect with the tutor. Connect with the tutor and just say, I'm taking this exam. Um, I'm trying to prepare for finals. I want to learn this material. What do you recommend? If you uh, have a supplemental instruction leader in your course, go to office hours to have a, a, a more one-on-one -on -one type of conversation about what you want to get uh, out of the that final exam or and a lot of times at Fresno State, you have your exam, your last exam, and then your final exam within like a two-week span. So you can talk to them about that. Uh, an academic coach. So our support net program on campus, they do academic coaching. So if you're worried about like the process that I told you about, putting all the syllabus out, scheduling a finals week uh, study schedule, go to support net and meet with an academic coach and have them run you through that work. They can also um, help you uh, learn study strategies in a, in a deeper way. All the research that I mentioned today um, and a lot of other research, they kind of compile into bite-sized one-sheets that can help you really learn and unpack what um, studying, learning, memory, and all these things mean together. And then also you can meet one-on-one -on -one with an academic coach. And they can kind of motivate you, inspire you, tell you about things that they've seen students do that have been successful, kind of unpack how you learn best and and send you on your way with, with better strategies. So those are, are three key resources. And then um, your per like the health center and your personal health, um, your mental health, your physical health, all those things, all those things are really important. You're about to start thinking a lot more than you have been doing. And so what I would have you do is start to consider how dehydrated you have been for the past two and a half months, because I know that I've been very dehydrated for the past two and a half months. And then when I go into these zones where I have to do a lot more work, put in a lot more effort, use a lot more brain power, that's going to make me feel terrible. And then also your mental health. Like if there's issues that you haven't resolved with family members or friends or or finances and that stuff is stressing you out, go meet with a, a counselor and unburden yourself and just have somebody hear that stuff, get it out so that you can um, be as prepared as you can for these next few weeks. Thank you, William. Yes, I, I definitely agree that for our listeners, that just if they ever feel like you know they're struggling or they just want help or just curious about something that they should definitely reach out and make use of these uh, amazing resources that we have on campus. Thank you so much for being here to help all of us. I know personally that I found the conversation about taking the short breaks and using that time to refocus so you can study better, very enriching and helpful. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Join us every week as we continue conversations on health and wellness. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FS Health Center, where we will share other ways you can build a healthier you.